0: Welcome back to Sister Brunch with me, Fanchin Cox. And Anya Adams, that's me, and we're so glad to be back and talking to you about Black Women Plus working in the media, entertainment, and the arts. Today's guest is the amazing, fabulous, gorgeous, energetic, smart, funny, and fantastic Sean Cookin. Yes. She's uh, a first AD and now a director. Uh, that's worked on shows like Big Shot, uh, on Disney+, Grey's Anatomy, on ABC, Raising Dion, on Netflix, and even owns Greenleaf. And she also collaborated with me when I was transitioning to director on my little short film, Lemonade Mafia, way back in 2017. Sean's been an active and outstanding member of the DGA, Directors Guild of America, for more than 15 years. And she's worked in the entertainment industry for over 20 years. Sean is also an
1: OG Sister Bruncher. I think Sean was doing Sister Brunch before Anya did Sister me, Yeah. We're so excited to have you here to talk about what a first aid he does and all all things DGA and especially this new document that you've created. And welcome. Welcome, sister.
0: Thank you. Thank you, guys. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. Before we even get started, can you tell us, because you are one of the few that have come on so far that actually was a part of Sister Brunch before we did this podcast and it got super huge can you tell us a little bit about how it started for you and like what it means to you
2: yeah how it started was um Alicia Lewis who is an original sister bruncher who uh, was my mentor or advisor in the DJ training program so when uh, and actually she and Anya were the first two black women I met in la like the first what? week. Um uh, during orientation and so oh, wow. um I didn't know that. But uh, so Alicia was so great. Like I try as a mentor, she was amazing because she knew I, you know, I didn't really have any friends in L.A. You know, I had like a distant cousin that lived way south, never saw her, you know. Um, but she like would always take me out to when she was invited to a party, she would take me. When she was invited to a lunch or a brunch on the weekends, she would invite me. So she like invited me into her world, like that, that A.D. world. Uh, the film industry world. And then it was the sister brunch. I think one of the first ones was at like cheesecake factory or something. (laughs) I think. And it was like, I, and then like, we just, you know, there was all these fabulous black, beautiful, strong, smart, intelligent black women that did what I was aspiring to do. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, Oh my gosh. And, um, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And then like Anya's spot became the de facto headquarters (laughs)
0: Until you got a place.
2: Until you until I got a place. And then it started having it in my place. Yeah. Um, Well, Sean, you
1: were you were at my first sister brunch and you without question, as I, I always talk about how I was blown away by all the women and how it was so helpful to me because now I could push back against the we can't find anybody, you know, excuse to hire. But you stood out as a leader as but but also as this like loving nurturing presence that was so all about helping others and i just i really i i just remember that day
0: um, yeah. And so Aww. I'm like,
1: I'm, I'm fangirling. I'll just say it. I'm, yeah. I'm fangirling. One of the things we always start with is the, uh, is a person's journey. So kind of oh where boy. did you, well, how, yeah.
2: Why, how did you end up here <laughs> and why? My, my journey <laughs> is kind of crazy and I'm just going to go ahead and let every, like, when I tell this story, you guys are all going to know my age. Okay. I'm just going to say, it, okay. So when I was in college, I interned my senior year in New York at NBC Sports, but it was NBC Sports publicity. I I love sports, and you know, like I'm a huge like basketball fan, football. So I interned my last year in college, and then I went to school in Texas. And then uh, right after I graduated, they offered me a job, and so it was at NBC Sports. And guys, I am not kidding you. My first two weeks on the job, I picked up the phone to someone from CBS asking would NBC like to comment on the fact that OJ Simpson is a suspect in his ex-wife's murder. Oh. And I literally was like, please hold. <laughs> like that was my first two weeks. Cause I was in a public and like, that happened. Like wow, that was insane. God. Like that was, and that was like, I was like, okay, here we go. Like, that this was insane. So I, I worked there for three years. Then I left and got a job at publicity and promotion for All-Star Cafe. If you guys don't remember that, that was the sports equivalent of Planet Hollywood. Okay, yes, they had, yes. So they had one in New York and also uh, Atlantic City. So I took the job in uh, Atlantic City. So anyway, that company kind of went down and my job dissolved. So I moved back to to Texas with my family and I was like, Okay, what are you going to do now? And I said, you know what? I'm going to pursue my dream. I've always wanted to get into film and television. I opened up the white pages before Google, (laughs) right? The people (laughs) Some of the people know. Yeah. And and I was like, you know, the film commission. Because I knew about film commissions just from being in New York. So I said, well, they'll know. Called uh, the film commission. Alfred Cervantes, who I'm still friends with today, answered the phone. I said, hey, I want to get into film production. I don't know anything about it. I only have PR and promotion experience. He goes, send me your resume. I said, but remember, I don't have experience. He goes, doesn't matter. Two weeks later, I got called to do a Kroger commercial, which is like a rouse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it was a late night shoot, so they they were shooting while the show was what while the store was closed. Oh, wow. So my call time was like two a.m. Oh my and god! And I think that that's why I that's got it they like <laughs> yeah. they're Nobody like she's to new, she'll come out, and I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm there. So just from the, meeting those people, I got mm. more commercials, commercials, music videos. Did some uh, Scarface, Ghetto Boys, you know, wow. um, okay. by the first Rap a Lot Records was based in Houston. Which is where I'm from. And And just to clarify, uh, Sean, you you're doing PA work on these production assistant work. Sorry, yes. No, that's okay. Yep, yep. So people know that's a that is generally the path, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Entry level, bottom, you know, you know, bottom of the line. That's where you go to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Then from there, TV movies. Um, and uh, then big features that came to Austin and Dallas, because my name mm-hmm. got around like, hey, there's this girl in Houston. Y'all need to hire her. Nice. So I was doing, I was sleeping on friend college friends' couches mm-hmm. for oh like mm-hmm. two years. You know, <laughs> and then one of the ADs on uh, one of the shows was a trainee graduate. And he said, you need to apply to this program. You were perfect for this program and you would succeed. And I was like, oh, OK. I'll go ahead and do it. And I did. And then they brought me on to their next film, which was in Hawaii, Tears of the Sun. So oh I was a PA, traveled to Hawaii, oh, 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 oh. put up in a hotel, the that same hotel, happen. hotel per diem i mean oh, like shit. we had the weekends off so i mean it was insane wow. i was i was taking scuba it was great but anyway oh, so girl, on that sucks. show on on that show tears of the sun is when i got the word john slosser called me when i was in the van going to set he goes well congratulations and oh, I, know, I was like ah! so, so i awesome. had to leave that show left that show Went back to Houston, packed everything. I had two bags. I said, if it doesn't fit in two bags, I'm not bringing it. Yeah, drove, you know, drove to LA, and the rest is history.
1: This is Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and Anya Adams. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with first AD and director Sean Pipkin.
0: welcome back to sister brunch I'm Anya jumping right back into the discussion with first ad Sean Pipkin
2: that was my journey that's how I got into the training program became an and, you know and then it just you know well Anya knows from there you know you just meet all these people on the shows they continue to hire you and um I was well, really lucky let's, I was let's, gonna... let's
0: slow down for one second sorry you meet people <laughs> everywhere you go but if you don't know how to network, and yes. build to your next job, you ain't going to work. Yes. Right. First of all, yes. you got to know yeah. your job, but second of all, you got to know how to network and you were doing that really yeah. well beforehand. Anyway, it sounds like it's a PA, but mm-hmm. yes. you still like, I mean, you want to talk a little bit about that. It's so important. Right. I mean, in this um, industry. Yeah,
2: sure. I mean, cause well, first of all, like you make a good impression and I, I have, yes. I tell people, cause I was, I learned this a long time ago is that, you don't need to kiss ass, you know what I mean? Like you don't need to find out who the producer is and like, be, you know, just do your job and do nice and the right people will notice. Yeah, and people noticed like that I was like a hustler I was up for anything like I was the first one to volunteer to do stuff I mm. was always like hey can I try this can I try this you know like well I asked First AD one day can I run a set for one scene and he goes not this scene but I'll give you a scene and eventually he did let me run a, like a whole scene so um, oh, that's awesome. It's you know networking and like when you're done with the show I just say like always keep in contact with people and yeah. um, I did hear some great advice you know a lot of people when they're not working they call people up or email and say hey i'm i was told when you're working is when you should reach out so they know that you're You're working busy and you Uh, say i I, like that's what i started doing like hey i'm on this show now just want to check in so like they know you're busy they know you're busy
1: We've used that job first AD a lot because that's also how Anya came in. But I know there's some confusion. There certainly was on my part about this. first. The first when I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, you're the assistant to the director." But no. you, you <laughs> both know that is not the case. So no. will you just t- <laughs> you're like <Yeah>. absolutely, <laughs> not. Like, no. and that's got to be frustrating, you know? I mean, I would imagine you even <laughs> probably get some producers on set that don't really know because they just paid some money or knew somebody. But um, yeah, you want to talk about like.
2: With clarity, what it actually, the job looks like? Clarity. So the first assistant director is part of the management on the set. So we're the management on the set. The directors are the creative side of the Directors Guild of America. ADs, UPMs, you know, uh, stage managers, we're the management. So um, I kind of say that we're like the... um, I kind of say that we're kind of like the, I say we're not like the coach, we're more of like the offensive coordinator if you want to talk about football. (laughs) I use a lot of sports (laughs) analogies, just so you know. Um, You know, because we have the game plan and we're Mm -hmm. like, you know, okay, we're going to do this. But, you know, sometimes you have to call an audible. Sometimes, you know, you got to sub people in, you know, know, it's just things like that. So,
0: Do you want to, do you want to, like there are two specific kind of um, times in the AD world. There's the prep time and there's a shooting time. Can you take us through a day of both? Yes.
2: Yeah. So, okay. So prep is where it happens. I mean, that is where the film or the TV show gets made. That is where everybody, you know, all the questions come up. If you have a script, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole another issue. That's always um, nice. <laughs> you know, you, 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 we have meetings, we have a concept meeting, which is usually the first meeting where everybody gets the script for the first time. Usually the showrunner, which is the head writer. The one ultimately responsible for the show creatively and financially, you know, says, well, this is what I was thinking. And everybody will ask, like, "Okay, well, what kind of car are we thinking? You know, stuff like that, like broad strokes. Right. And then you just have all your department meetings.
0: What's your responsibility in those meetings?
2: Well, you know, every show is different. But most of all my shows, the concept meeting has been run by the first AD. But some shows, the showrunner runs it. Because mm-hmm. it's so like abstract, you know, and and, and and that person is the one that really will have everybody's answers. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's like a pre-production meeting where we just, you know, all figure out like, oh, is this going to be a stunt? Like, oh, who are we thinking about for this for casting? Like, who are we thinking about for this uh, character? The, oh, this type. We want a Denzel type. OK, no problem. Things like yeah. that. And then you have little departmental meetings like a prop meeting, hair, makeup meeting background meeting so the director and all the department heads can get the director one-on-one, you can discuss things. Um, and the first idea is present for all of those meetings, all of these meetings, because we have to absorb all the information. And then we have to like just disseminate it to make sure everybody, every, everybody, everybody knows. knows. Yeah, yes, everybody knows. And yeah. then we have the scouts where we pick locations, some shows. Well, I guess now in a new COVID world, you really don't have a choice of locations. It's just whatever the show says. OK, this is where we're shooting. You don't have a say. Um, so Tech Scout is very important. So that's when all the decisions have been made or they should have been made by the time <laughs> you get to a tech scout where the director is like, okay, this is scene, blah, blah, blah. We're going to look this way. We're going to have a car coming through. They're going to come through, blah, blah, blah. We'll do coverage. And that's it. And the main question is, well, what's safe? Cause everybody wants to know where can we put the trucks or whatever. And it's really good for the director to just really know and have those answers like, Oh, don't worry. We're not going to see this way. So trucks can go there. Or I'm also going to get a high wide shot. So remember, we're going to need the crane for that. Or I want to move that dumpster, make sure that dumpster is gone, you know, that type of thing. So you just like, so everybody knows. And then all the different departments, Grip Electric, Art Department Construction, they go and do their little homework, take their measurements, you know, find out where the generator is going to be, transpo, how far away base camp is going to be, things like that. Now I know some shows are doing virtual tech scouts, you know, just because of safety, COVID safety, which I think is pretty interesting. For me now, anything that's not in a group setting is great.
1: Can we just say, not to offend you, Anya, now that you have made the transition, but can we just say the first AD is the hardest working person on a set? Because that's what it
2: seems like to me. (laughs) Actually, it's the in my opinion, it's the key second AD. They have the hardest job because... They literally are the glue to everything because everybody comes to the key second AD. Yeah, my job is hard. Yes, but literally the key second AD, they will make you or break you. The key second AD gets all the information, puts it together, and they disseminate it to like the entire crew. They're dealing with the actors. They're dealing with producers. Pip, I mean, they pip, take on you... a
0: lot. I was just going to say like in prep- um, one of the things Pip didn't say is that her job is to generate a schedule of the entire shoot. So from all those meetings she talked about, she creates a document that says on Monday we're doing this. And it's just, you know, all, it should have all the information. But then the second AD is the one that actually executes it. So while she, Pip's on stage running the set, the second AD is always in on the next day which is very difficult when your boss is working and trying to focus on getting the day done you know the, the second AD is yes. taking,
2: and i <laughs> taking all that shit i love that i didn't mention i love that i didn't mention the main
1: <laughs> job well, duty i had but see
2: that's my point though y'all do a lot <laughs>
1: We talk a lot about like how you could potentially transition, let's say from a stage manager in theater into uh, First aid, as an example. So what is it like to run a set? What does that look
2: like? To run a set effectively, you need a presence. And you don't necessarily need to be loud, you know what I mean? But you just need to make sure you're heard and listened to. And it's all about information. Like that's what we, you know, communication, letting everybody know what is going on, what's coming up next, if any changes, you know, like, uh, you know, we start with the safety meeting, then we have private rehearsals with the cast, you know, and it's all about literally anticipation, anticipation. What's coming? And I tell my team, I'm always three steps ahead. So you guys have to be five steps ahead of me. So that's why I always tell them, you know, like, and so like, you know, it's like, okay, okay. And then you tell them that and they're on it. Like, I love it when I ask a question and someone has the answer and doesn't have to be like, oh, let me find out. It just warms my heart. Like, I'm just like, yes, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, they anticipated the question. We, you know, we'll, we'll do the master and then, you know, the director's like, okay, let's move on. On. Tell it tell us what a master is. Oh, the master the, Usually it's the big wide. It's where you see everything in the scene. So generally a director will
1: start with that. And so when, when that director's starting with that, first ADs are there making sure everybody is where they need to be. Yes. Like, you know, and if
0: there's back, sh- back if team. there's background in that scene, you you're responsible for them
2: yes like we have to the second ad's and i and the trainees you know we'll, we'll help we'll set the background um around the actors and you know the thing is is that the best background is the background that you don't notice yes you know that's for real but that, if there's someone that i'm constantly looking at like that's a problem because that means the action or the writing or the acting isn't keeping my focus hey
1: it's Fanchon, and you're listening to sister brunch we'll be right back Back to our conversation with First A.D. and director and definitely overall lovely human being, Sean Pipkin. We wanted to know um, when you worked on Sorry for Your Loss, which is a Facebook Watch show. So this one that's now in a, you know, kind of we're, we're going to view it in a whole new way than we're used to viewing things just on a TV. Um, what were there differences in your job and working for that Facebook Watch series?
2: No, not really. It was the first half-hour drama that I'd ever worked on because dramas are usually an hour. Um, And because it was Facebook, there were no commercials, so we did it like a full... You know, it was full 30 minutes we had to fill Mm -hmm. instead of like 22 or 24, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't a big studio that was in charge of it. It was a small indie studio called Big Beach. Uh, I think that Vita was their only other TV show. They usually were into film. So that was a big difference because, you know, I'm used to working for like Disney, Sony, like these big, you know, studio corporations. Like if there's an issue, you go straight up there. But like with an indie, it was like if there's something wrong, it's like the producer's like, I'm you call. It was such a great show. I, I did it last summer and literally it, to me, it was like summer camp. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I mean, it was just so much fun. It was during the summer. It was great. It was light. It was just it was a pleasure. It was just a pleasure to go to work.
0: I wanna to talk to you a little bit. You brought up like COVID a couple times. So let's let's transition to that right now and talk about like how is that affecting your work now? I know you just did a job, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how that's affected your work. Yeah,
2: it's definitely it's definitely a whole new world. Um and you know, Anya, like we're leaders on the set, right? BGA mm-hmm. members, so so the crew just automatically comes to us whenever there's, you know, just for everything. Yeah. And now you, I mean, it was already a lot right in, in back in nine, 2019, but now it's even more so. Cause everybody is like, like, like I'm telling you the, the key second AD's job has gotten harder. Our job has gotten harder. I I know that every show is going to be different because it's like different personnel, different producers. Everybody works differently. It is just a lot. I'm not even going to lie. Just wearing a mask and a face shield for over 10 hours a day you know, like like that is a lot. And like literally having to sneak into a corner to drink water. You know what I mean? You know, like you can't just like swig. You just got to make sure no one's around. Um, I was, even though it's not our responsibility, ADs, but when people were too close or when someone's mask slipped, I was right there. You know what I mean? And one of the things that I kept saying in safety meetings, Fashion and Anya is, you know, safety is everybody's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I say that on every set. It's everybody's responsibility. You shouldn't have to have someone tell you what you know is the right thing to do. (laughs) So what I was always saying is, guys, since March, we've known about masks. We've known about, six, you know, socially distancing, physically distancing. You don't need someone to tell you that. Please, like, police yourself. You know, you don't have to, and if you see somebody, you don't have to, like, you know, you don't have, you know, we said like we created that environment where you could just go to somebody and say, hey, you know, your nose is showing, you know, like, can you cover your neck? You don't have to go to an AD or the COVID safety right. person. So that was one thing that I said, like,
0: don't put it all on us. This is everybody. Yeah. It must have been really hard, too, because you're, I mean, the director does, but also the AD a lot. Your job is to speak, is to communicate to the whole crew, is to make sure people know what's going on when you have a mask. And a face shield, and you're trying to talk to people, that must have been really difficult. Well, this is what
2: I did. I asked for, you know, we call it the voice of oh. God. I asked for the mic and speakers. Because oh. I was like, I am not losing my yeah. voice. So that's what I did. I just used the speaker. But it but I will say that someone could be like, you know, three feet from you or something, and they're talking, and you literally cannot hear what they are yeah. saying. So what I started doing. I started going back to back to people looking like we were spies. <laughs> like, okay, what was that? What that? Mm. You know, like that's what we were doing because so cause you're not because the thing is the right, facing, right? right? And it's also the, the the amount of time you're close. Like, it's okay if you're, like, in front of somebody for, like, two minutes and you yeah. leave. But you can't just, like, stay close for over 15 right. minutes because that's when they say the viral overload right. happens. But, um, you know, the testing, like, that's a whole big thing. Like, you literally have to have an AD team that is working with the COVID team with testing, you know, and... Um, Getting, like, scheduling it and saying, okay, obviously the cast, the makeup here and costumes has to go through first. And then sitting, you know, like, when I came in, they put me to the front Wait, of the so line you guys were the, tested every movie. day? We shot for four <laughs> days. And we, I, like, had rehearsals and stuff uh, for two days. So for six days, I was tested four days. So out of those six days, I was tested four times. Mom.
1: I know you do, you're, you're in a leadership position in the DGA and I'm curious just for COVID where, who determined the protocols for the DGA members? Was that something that the DGA said Here's what, you know, here are the the protocols that they will have to follow on set
2: in order for you to be able to work on a set or how did that work? You know, before the DGA and all the unions came up with the actual agreement, the contract for COVID, every show had to have their own personal agreement. So that's what we were going by. You know, like it was negotiated ahead of time. We had a COVID safety meeting like every week. And then we had one specifically you know, for makeup hair cast and like sound and prop protocol. Like, how are we doing this? Because my main question was, okay, cast comes in with masks and face shields. Who's taking it from them? And I just left it like that. Like, who who's doing that? And then everybody's like, that's a good question. <laughs> and they were all like... <laughs> right. We hadn't about that yet. <laughs> so, but what we did, but other shows, I know another show where a friend of ours, she was the one, and she's an AD, first AD, she was the one taking a personal pp. But what we, we did on this show, we had the one of the COVID safety officers. I think he was the manager. I think that was his title. He was the one who took it from the cast and we had those little portable... Um, drawers filing system so each actor had a label of a drawer so they would put it in there and then and then i'd say you know say okay cast ppe on please before like when we were done with when we cut or when we're moving on cast ppe please and so everybody stayed still to who came in and got it and then boom and then the cast left so that's i think that was a great system and i think every i mean that really worked out with us
0: Hi, it's Anya, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Fanshin Cox, and we are jumping right back into this amazing conversation with First AD and director Sean Pipkin.
0: Fangin, you just talked a little bit about leadership in the DGA, but I'm wondering Pip if you are comfortable about talking about being a Black woman in this industry. Talk a little bit about what leadership means to you, and maybe some of the challenges you, you've had as a as a woman. You know, being a leader in this industry, um, yeah. and maybe some advice to people.
2: <laughs> well, you know, um, I have to say that now, like, I kind of, my name is around, like, people know, like, my, my, (laughs) this is going to sound so like, but my reputation precedes (laughs) me now, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, people know when they hear Pip or Pipkin, they know who I am. Like, you know, they know. But, you know, like, five years ago, when I first was a first AD, you know, and, and people really looked at me like, who is this girl? Because, Number one, you know, yes, I'm a woman. I'm a black woman, but also I don't look my age. So people think I'm some young kid. And I have to tell you, I think that is what really rubs people the wrong way because they don't want some kid telling them what to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think, oh, it's the black thing or the female thing. But a lot of it is like, I don't want some kid like 20 something year old, you know, telling me what to do. You know, mm-hmm. and then when I start talking to people, and then they're like, "Oh, she's old. Okay, she's good. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like <laughs> she can tell us what to do. Okay, yeah, yeah." Um, yeah.
2: But um, you know what? I will say that you know, like people talk to you crazy. You wouldn't talk to a white man like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Or I will make a decision, and it's always questioned. But yet, a mm-hmm. white man wouldn't be questioned if I made that decision. You know what I mean? And it's like I'll say something. Three minutes later, mm. a man will say it. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's great. And it's like, I just said that. Like, you know, it used yeah. to really, really bother me. Like, when I first became a yeah. first AD. Because I just thought that when I came a first AD, everybody's going to listen to me. And everything was going to be great. And, and I was like, man, I was so wrong. Like, I was like, yeah, oh, my gosh. But it, it's experience. You know what I mean? It's just every show... You you hmm. realize okay this is how you have to play the game you get more confidence you get you know what I mean and also if you act and this is what I tell everybody if you act like you know what you're doing they'll let you build I mean people believe you they'll just like, you know if you like <laughs> you know and you and you just are, you know and you you just carry yourself a certain way then people are gonna be like oh she knows what she okay all right she knows what she's doing um, but I do love when. And I'm very happy that this doesn't happen too much now. But when I was first firsting, like having young black PAs come up to me, like you're the first black first AD I've ever worked with. You know, yeah, like and they're like, Oh my definitely. God, and it literally I would well up and they're like, Oh my god, I yeah. will work with you anytime, yes. like anytime, you yeah. know. And um and I and it's very important for that for you people coming up in this business to see people that look like us in these leadership positions because they don't think yes. it's attainable. And that's why I'm always right. like talking to young young people. I will I tell people you buy me a cup of coffee, I'll sit down and I will talk your ear off. You know,
0: I'm always you are great. You you are really great at mentoring people.
2: I'm really good. I love it because like, you know, yeah. if we're not going to do it to, uh, you know, people that are younger that look like us, who is, you know?
0: Yeah. You exactly. know, who
2: I give people's chances all the time. Like, I'm like, usually I give you two chances. If it's a third time, uh, okay,
0: you know, but <laughs> but I'm always giving <laughs> me I'm Let chances. me just, let me throw this out here. This is, this is something about Pip. And, and those of you who listened to the podcast met Bola, but when Bola was making her short film and like got into trouble, the first person she called was Pip, and Pip stepped in and like helped her. It's just like people know that Pip mm-hmm. is um is gonna help you, is gonna find the time to give you advice, is gonna find the time to sit down with you, and it's just so um, impressive. And I think a very good um example of a, a true leader I want you to expound a little bit more though on like w- what a good leader especially in this industry is because I think you have so many of those qualities you don't have to say I am but if you want to you can but I mean you know tell us a little bit more about that. Well,
2: I think one of the traits of a good leader is just being a good communicator. And a lot of people think, oh, communicating goes. She just talks. She knows how to, you know, public speak or she knows how to write letters. No, part of communicating is also listening because there's a lot of Mm -hmm. ADs out there where it's just one way. You have to listen to the people that you're working uh, with. Listen to what they have to say. If they have an issue, listen to it. And then it's like, okay, well, let's try to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like people's like, oh, mm-hmm. "I have a problem." And I'm like, "No problems, only solutions. Let's go." Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. communication is a key yes. collaboration, you know? Like listen, I don't know everything. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I don't know something, I'm gonna ask somebody. Like I will ask a key grip, like, how do we do this? You know, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, they're like, oh, that's easy. We got equipment for that. You know what I mean? Or I'll ask a prop person, hey, I need something. You know, I don't know how to do this stuff. You know, if you right. can, it's okay to like not know everything. Cause one of my models, too, and I know Anna, you've heard me say this. You always want to be the dumbest person in the room because what does that mean? You're working with people that are smarter than you that have been doing this a long time and that you look up to them that you know that if something goes down, they're going to figure it out, right? They're going to figure mm. it out. And also being a good leader is hiring people that know what they're doing and letting them do that job. Ooh. Letting them do it. Yes. Yeah, say that. <laughs> We're snapping <laughs> yeah. over here. We're snapping. You know what I mean? <laughs> So speaking of leadership,
1: also you're in a leadership position at the DGA. So can you talk about DGA black
0: expectations? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. We love it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So well,
2: um, right now I'm on the uh assistant director, unit production manager council, you know, so each category has their own council. So I'm uh an alternate uh for that council and then I'm also uh an alternate for the national board. I have to tell you, you know, that they they talk about, you know having a seat at the table. And that's what is so important because there are so many decisions that are being made that like so many of our members either don't want to know about or like don't care to know about. Like, cause when I started asking questions about how things run in the DGA, I realized I'm like, wait a minute, who's coming up with these rules? How is this? You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, it's the council or it's the board. And I was like, well, how do I get involved with that? And one of the things I said, Start showing up to the meetings. You have to let people see your face. So you start showing up to the meetings and then you just start asking questions in the meetings. So all these board members see, oh, that was a good question. Who was that again? What does she do? And then like you, I literally just started asking people like, um, Anya and I are on the board of the training program of the Directors Guild Producer Training Program. You know how I got that job, Fanshawn? I went up to (laughs) the the DGA president at the time was Taylor Hackford. And I said yes. I want to be on the Directors Guild Producer Training Program plan. He goes, <laughs> Okay, well, um, well there's not an opening right now, but send me an email and I'll keep you in mind. Yes. And two years later, yes. two years later, an opening came up and then I got on it. importantly, you have a short film project that we should talk about. Yes, my film, uh, the film my director is called Mo, and um, let's see, it's uh, it's on IMDB, Mo, and the-, the website is just Mo the Film, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, it's We've been accepted to several film festivals. We just got accepted to Black Harvest Film Festival, which is in Chicago, Uh, the Gene Siskel Foundation. And this will be the Chicago premiere. Here in LA, we did like best shorts, we won. Uh, yeah. we did La Femme, uh La Femme. Oh my god, there's so many more. Fayetteville, Arkansas, we got into one. Yes. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yay. Um, oh, oh with Malta. Malta Film Festival, we won <gasps> best short. Amazing. I was like <laughs> They should have flown
1: you to Malta for that one, cause yeah. that, that would have been like I your know. Hawaii experience come full circle. You know, Malta's not, <laughs> that's, oh so God, God, that's,
2: that's amazing. amazing. I know. Um, but we're really excited because we're getting you know a lot of attention, which is great. Um, and I'll, I'm I'm letting everybody know that I want to be uh, a streaming episodic director. <gasps> So people know now. So I I'm I'm hoping put um, that out there you know, in the universe, know. sister. Yeah. And it's gonna happen. And the thing is is that once what what is so like if we just got the opportunities yeah. that some other people get, like <sighs> come on, like for sure, we'd be, you know, everywhere excelling. We just don't get those opportunities, right? Like so people don't want to take chances. Yes. I think that's changing, but I just hope it stays that way. I hope this isn't like a fad or, you know, just like for yeah. the time being, because we have stories to tell and we do a damn good job, you know, Yeah, we do.
0: And, and you're right. It's about giving chances. Yes.
2: And opportunities and also like supporting people, you know, and also yeah. letting people fail and not oh like goodness, saying, yes. well, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, like letting people fail and letting them learn from those experiences yeah, yeah. and giving them another yeah. chance too. Sean, you know, um, so that, this that is, is, this is that, everything yeah.
1: I knew it was gonna be having you on and, and Anya, we have a pretty good track record for our guests. I mean, I don't know if we can yeah. take all the credit for it, but like, I feel like our guests, they go on to do the things they said they were gonna do on the pot stage. So I'm just saying, they do. Yeah.
2: They
1: do. We're putting it out okay, there. I mean, I like you're it. gonna be doing I most like of the work. It. But but
2: you know, having us put it out there. We feel there's a there's a thing. there yeah. Well, I, I'm just ready for Anya to be a producer director on the series and Love to the Well that's all of the, the thing that
0: that's what you're talking director. about, that whole like just I mean, you like you lifted me into the trainee plan. It's like just Each one, like pull one up, Mm -hmm. like, and absolutely, that's what we need to do to give each other opportunity and to really like... Mm -hmm. Um, be a part of diversifying, you know, the voices, the people that are telling the stories, because you know it's been so monochromatic for so long.
2: I know, and I think Fanchon said this earlier about, um, or maybe it was Anya about how there's always the whole like, mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. can't find anybody, right? right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. we've been looking. Just came. so I just finished a West Wing special, right? Yes. Okay, you guys, know that. that's what I, my last thing I did, right? Um, and Anya, remember I asked you, I said, cause Anya was a trainee on West Wing. And I said, Anya, was the crew, were there any people of color? She's like, no, nobody. No. Not a and one. And I was like, okay. So I, so I got hired. Tommy Shlomi, the DJ president hired me. I was so excited. Like I never watched the show West Wing, but I knew it was such an iconic show. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. I said, I'm gonna try and make my team blackity black, 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 <laughs> right? So, yes. So three of the four ADs were black women. Yes, Yeah. Three of the four yes. black AD were black women ADs. And then uh, of the PAs we had, five were black, two were Asian, uh, Latino. So, I mean, it was everywhere. I mean, like we were yes. everywhere.
0: Oh my God. Amazing. That's how it happens. And this is, you know, what's so interesting, Pip, I don't, I mean, if we could just take a moment to talk about this is there's a giant push to hire diverse ADs and crew um, right now, which is amazing. But it's also interesting that a lot of people haven't, you know, they're discovering they didn't do the work to elevate diverse groups so they're coming to us asking us for help and it's like guys I mean do you I don't know do you have any thoughts about that
2: I'm sorry because this is (sighs) okay like I get called a lot just for shows right like you know oh we need a first aid, blah blah blah. but now you know oh we need women we need you know people of color so I'm really getting calls but then like that's kind of stopped now that I know what I'm like what's happening now but now Mm -hmm. it's like I'm getting so many calls about, hey, so I want to diversify my team and I'm just looking for, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, (laughs) wow. You know what I mean? It's like you didn't, you're only doing it because you're being forced to. And also another thing that really irks me is that you know people are coming and saying hey you know i'm trying to do this right thing you know they're only doing this because the studio is telling them to because because if if this was your mo your mo before you would have already had a full roster of people Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. now that's coming down from the studio now you're like oh but you now you're like oh i don't know anybody Right. right you know so it's like you know, get out of your bubble. Get out of your circle. Yes. Meet other people that aren't from that that aren't from where you're from. That don't live near you. That don't look like you. That don't have the same hair, the same religion, whatever. Mm. They don't speak the same languages. Yeah, uh, it it really annoys no, me. I'm but, sorry. And, I mean,
0: I guess I brought it up because <laughs> you hired. You know, four pas like these are pas these are people that are entry level that's what you should be doing all the time you shouldn't just be hiring one type of person as your PA you you are responsible for helping grow this world just as much as we are as women of color right yes you know and we yes. we, we have to wrap on
1: that note but it is but it is exactly why we exist it is exactly that that the more we are in the hiring positions leadership positions, we know we yeah. have plenty of evidence that that's how these sets will change. And so keep high, yeah. you know keep putting us in these positions or we'll take them. Sean, <laughs> um, <laughs> <Shawn, laughs> we love you. Thank you so, so much for Thank being on. Thank you, guys. Us. That was our conversation with Sean Pipkin. Go to SisterBrunch.com to find out more about her, her projects, and where to follow her on social. And really, truly, thank you so much for listening to Sister Brunch with Anya Adams and me, Fanchon Cox. You can always follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast and Twitter at Sister Brunch to see what TV shows and films we're watching, some really fun, hilarious, kind of goofy behind the scenes photos and sneak peeks of our newest episodes. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. Hey, seriously, please, this is really helpful to us. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review and share our show. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody that you know that wants to get into the film industry that this is the place to learn all about it. Our show producer is Brittany Turner. Our executive producer is Christabel Sia Bwadi. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva people for those of us in Los Angeles and the Coast Salish for Anya in Vancouver. See you all next time.